Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of The Wake Up Call. Today's episode, I want to help realign your expectations with your reality. Now, I understand it has been a little while since the last episode. My apologies. Uh, The last week or so has been pretty hectic, um, and I haven't been able to get out as many episodes as I would like, but I'm back today. And today, I'm going to talk about uh, the commitment that is required from you in order to get the best results possible. So doesn't matter what your goal is at this present stage. You might have, you know, weight loss goals. You may have performance goals. You may just want to get back into the swing of training with a little bit more consistency. It doesn't really matter what your goal is at this present time. There's one thing that you need in order to make that happen. And that is a commitment to the goal. And what I mean by commitment is that you have to remain focused on it and take specific actions and perform certain behaviors on a regular basis. That's what commitment really is. It's consistency in the application of actions which derive a certain outcome or result. So my question to you, the listener, is this. Do you want results that last a lifetime? Or do you want results that last only a handful of weeks? Because this is something that whether you realize it consciously or subconsciously, your level of commitment to your goal is going to determine is going to determine the effort that you apply. So if your goals are not very meaningful to you, or if you are only thinking very short term, then the efforts that you take are going to match that level of commitment. So if you if your goal is just a four week kind of blitz, then that's all the application you're going to get from yourself. You've already planted the seed subconsciously or you've made a conscious decision to say, I'm only doing this for four weeks or however many weeks that it is. So if you want results that you know last a little bit longer, perhaps, I don't know, for your entire life, you must train for your entire lifetime. And that can often scare people. I, I explain this uh, kind of mentality to people and the commitment that is required your training will change, it will evolve, it will not be the same. You're not, you're not gonna train the same when you're 50 as when you are 20 years old. That's just, that, that's the fact. You're not probably going to be able to train as intensely or with you know as much laxity as before. So maybe you would run, jump, and do high impact activities. You know, as we age, our body's tolerance for those things generally starts to decrease. It's not to say we should avoid them, but perhaps we need to scale and look at what level we're performing at as we get older, as we start aging. But the point I'm trying to make here is your level of commitment to your goal is a reflection of how long you actually need to perform it for. So my goal, I, I want to, I've, I've seen the effects of what happens when people become sedentary. People gain weight, they become immobile, their posture turns to dog shit. All you have to do to figure out where you want to be in life and how you want to hold yourself and what kind of body you want to have. If, if you want a really quick diagnosis to help you identify what 
position you want to be in 10, 20, 30 years time, all you have to do is go down to the shopping center. Just go down to your local shopping center and have a walk around. Have a look at people who are 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. And just see what kind of state they're in because you'll see both sides of the spectrum. You'll see the morbidly obese. You will see the people whose gut hangs out in front of them and they've got these huge shirts or dresses and baggy clothing because that's all that fits them. You will see people with swollen ankles and people whose circulation is absolutely terrible. And this comes from a myriad of reasons. I'm not going to go into those today. But what I'm trying to get across to you is that's one side of the spectrum. These type of people have decided over a lengthy period of time to live a certain way. They have eaten certain foods and performed X amount of activity. Maybe it's zero. Maybe it's very minimal. Maybe the only walking that they do is getting from their front door to their car, which takes them to the shopping center. And then you have the other people who made a conscious decision to say, no, I, I actually like feeling like my body is still athletic. I like not having excess body fat. It makes me feel better about myself. So you look at some people and you know maybe they do some recreational sport. Maybe they do master's athletics. Maybe they go on regular hiking trips. And these people can still get around. They still move well. Their cognitive ability, their mental function is really high. They're very sharp. They're very witty. You know, that's that's what I kind of look at. At this, as I record this, I'm 29 years old. And I'm forward planning my future. I'm 29. And I'm still thinking about, you know, what am I doing today that's going to help me function optimally to my best, to a really high level, relative to my age, when I get 40, 50, 60 years old? And I know 100%, and I've made this clear to my wife, that I want her to help me remain active as I get older. Because I've seen the people on that end of the spectrum who haven't taken care of themselves. And I do not want to be that. I, I, I want to stay as far away from that spec, end of the spectrum as possible. I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to you know look at myself in the mirror with disgust. I want to be able to do physically active activities. And the only way you could do this is by training, physical training. So when I explain to people, you know, that what you're doing here with your physical preparation, your reg your regular training, your strength training program and routine, and you know, it's got to be for longevity. It's got to be for years, if not your entire lifetime. When I explain this to people, I get two types of responses. The first response is sheer disappointment. I explain it to people that, you know, if you want to still look good, feel good, function well, and perform as you get older, you have to do it forever. And I explain that to people, and then their jaw just about hits the floor. They dip their head, they get really disappointed, sad. Their head is in their hand, and they're like, well, Jesse, where's the silver bullet? Like, I, I want a quick fix. I, I want it all, and I want it now. This person's never going to have it because their mindset is absolute rubbish. <laughs> their expectations and reality are so far, they're, they're worlds apart. But that's the first kind of reaction. The second type of reaction 
is of excitement. The person understands, okay, that makes that is a very logical conclusion. If you want results and you want your body to look after you for your entire lifetime, then you have to look after it. And this person is prepared to do that. So they say, all right, well, there's a lot of things I'd like to do in my lifetime, whether it's, you know, climbing a mountain, trekking, you know, canoeing, obstacle course racing, whether it's taking up a new sport, a new hobby, doing surfing, golfing, whatever. This person gets excited about all of that. And, they, and they're trying to find a solution that actually stands the test of time. And that most importantly is adaptable and sustainable. So the way I train right now is not the same than when I trained when I was 16 years old or when I was 20 years old. My training has evolved multiple, multiple times. I don't do the same type of training. I have evolved, I've become smarter. My goals have changed, my body has changed. I'm going through a, a chronic injury and I now have to work on how to best manage that and also rehabilitate that. So one of the things that I really enjoy doing more than anything, I enjoyed this so much last year in 2020 was kettlebell training. I haven't done any proper kettlebell training in five months. And for somebody, I was really like thoroughly enjoying my kettlebell training. Like the results it was giving was phenomenal. I was getting stronger. My body was changing. I, I could physically see the, the body shape changing. I had more muscle mass on my frame. I felt stronger. I looked stronger. And the way that I operated, I would just walk and I would hold myself differently because of this physical training. But with the injury, I, I did train through it and it was for a purpose to get a, you know, my strong first level one certification instructor. And I did that. It is what it is. But I understand now that I can't train like that at this present point in time. But I also understand if I get my body right and I do the appropriate exercises and work on what I need to right now, I'm going to be able to reintroduce kettlebells into my training at some point. And it's gonna be really fun. And the reason I wanna share this with you uh, is, it's been on my mind for a little bit, but I had a really great chat with one of my students this morning after training. And uh, he, he uh, he's an athlete as well, he plays football. Round ball, the world game, okay, for those of you who don't know what that is, so. But I was explaining to him what happens to athletes who train really hard. So this is when you have a, a sport, perhaps, and you have a designated pre-season, in-season, and an off-season. And if you're not an athlete, I'll, I'll, I'll tie this into how it uh, pertains to your situation, but I just wanna run through like an athlete for a moment is, you have these three phases, you have an off-season, a pre-season, and then in-season. That's when your sport actually begins and you have your competition and your games, what have you. So this is what most people do. Most athletes, they train really hard and really intensely in pre-season. So this is before you know your pre-season, like you have a competition generally, and then you have the league that begins at a certain month. Okay, everybody trains really, really hard in pre-season to get themselves physically in condition, strong enough and mobile enough with enough resilience and robustness to handle the rigors of the actual season itself. So you do all of this training for you know two to three months and then the season begins. And as the season begins, doesn't matter what your sport is, doesn't matter if it's football, cricket, netball, water polo, doesn't matter. Whenever you get in season, the intensity of your sport goes up. 
So you get to the beginning of the season and you've done a hard preseason. You've worked really hard. You build up strength, joint stability, and conditioning. And then the season begins. And this is where people start to get a bit lazy. You get to the season proper. And most people slowly, but surely, they stop doing all of the work that they did prior to the season commencing. So you're now coming into the hardest part of your physical season only to start neglecting the work that you've done to get you in the condition for the hardest part of the year. So you've done your pre-season, you worked really hard on your strength and conditioning to be able to handle the rigors of your sport and you get into the middle of the season and you're no longer doing the strength and conditioning. So you, you stop doing the single thing which brought you the best results and helped get your body in the best physical condition. Where is the benefit to that? That makes absolutely zero sense to me. And it happens for, for multiple reasons. Generally, it's because people bite off more than they can chew. Their training frequency, so how often they train is too much. It's not sustainable in season. So they think, I'll train six days a week in the off season, and then the season comes and I'll just do my training and my games, okay? So you go from all this fantastic preparation, the body is really well primed, it's a well-oiled machine, it's strong, it's robust, and then the high impact activity or the high intensity rigors of sport come in and you slowly stop doing what got you there in the first place. And I remember a few years ago, this is, uh, I can't remember what year it was, it was a few years ago now, I was doing my uh, strength and conditioning accreditation at uh, ECU and uh, Greg Huff was the uh, the lecturer or the presenter. And he's, he's actually written a book on periodization. So for those of you who don't know what periodization means, it is planning the training. So whether you have a specific event or events or a specific goal, you plan your training around the most important goal that you have. So you identify on the calendar year, this is the goal, and then you work backwards from that goal to create a plan, okay? He's actually written a book on how to do that. He's got a, he's got a few books. But anyway, he's explaining what happens when you do an approach like I just sort of outlined there, is you get yourself to a fantastic level of strength and conditioning, very strong, You've developed muscle mass, you've developed a high level of conditioning, and then the season starts to kick off. So you stop doing your strength and conditioning, you reduce it or you eliminate it, and your levels of strength, conditioning, muscle mass, fitness, rate of recovery, all start decreasing. So maybe you do get through the year unscathed or uninjured. So you've gone from being a highly functioning, high-performing athlete and you've lost all of this strength, all this muscle mass, all of this, all of these physical qualities, and then the next preseason comes around and you bump them back up, only to the point that you were previously at. And you do this over many years. So what ends up happening is you go hard preseason, tough in season, with all of your physical qualities declining, and then you build back up, but it's only ever to the same level as previous. That's what happens when you don't maintain your strength and conditioning throughout the year. Whereas if you had somebody who perhaps maybe changed their training frequency, maybe they did it a little bit less, 
Maybe they drop down from say four days of lifting to two, or even worst case scenario, one, along with the sport, they would preserve more muscle mass. They would maintain joint integrity and strength. They would have better mobility. They would recover quicker because they are feeding the body movement and encouraging blood flow and a removal of waste products within the body. This person, each year would get gradually better, gradually stronger, gradually more efficient because they're actually getting higher. They're getting more, what's the word here? They're getting more efficient. So every single year, they're actually improving, not just returning to the same state as they were at the beginning of preseason or beginning of the season proper. I hope that makes sense. But that's an athlete. But the same is true for what we call general population. People who maybe, you know, it's maybe you're a career professional. You've got no ambitions of playing sport. That's fine. Maybe your goal is to just excel within your career or your business. That's fine. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you've got one, two, three, or four kids. Or maybe you are somebody who likes to partake in social sport. Maybe it's once a week you go and, you know, you give it your best shot. You're a weekend warrior. You just go and have a kick around and you're still a bit competitive. If you want to perform at your very best all year round, you must physically prepare yourself for that. And the way you do it is through training every week. It's for this reason that I encourage people to start with less rather than more when you start on your fitness journey. Because we can always add more. The problem for a lot of people is finding that level of consistency that they can do week in, week out, 52 weeks of the year. Or maybe 50, let's say you go on a couple of holidays, whatnot. But we're looking at a macro level here. Look at the year in whole. You should be training every single week, maybe a couple of weeks off here and there if you're going away, you've got a holiday and what have you, COVID dependent um, nowadays. But that's what we're looking for. Because I want you to enjoy the process of training and I want you to find a way to integrate it into your life. And this is the thing that a lot of people struggle with is they have pre-goal, post-goal. And they see it as a start and an end date. I want to lose five kilos. So you do all this training, you lose the five kilos. Cool, I got to my goal. I don't need to do what I'm doing anymore. So then you stop training, you stop working on your nutrition and you know the diet, and you know things go south. It's because you stopped doing what worked. It's the same as the athlete in season. They stopped doing what worked. But when you try to actually integrate training into your lifestyle, what I mean by that is, it just becomes a regular feature. It's not a side note, it's not something you do once every couple of weeks, it's something you do every week. Training then becomes a regular part of your life. Not just a you know, four week blitz or a 12 week challenge, which is unsustainable or unenjoyable. And th this is again, I, this is why I don't like those four week or 12 week challenge bullshit. It's because you've got a time frame in mind you're working at intensities and frequencies that are unsustainable. There's no way you're going to be able to continue training six days a week, going balls to the wall for 52 weeks out of the year. It's not gonna be possible. This is something I want you to remember. Listen to this carefully. If the methods are unsustainable, 
the results will be unsustainable. So that means if you have to make drastic changes to your diet, to your training, to your consistency, it's going to be harder and harder to maintain them. The bigger the changes, the bigger the commitment, and the bigger the challenge to maintain them long-term. So I want you to ask yourself this question. With what you're doing right now, with your training routine, with your diet, could you keep doing what you're doing right now in a year's time? So let's say, for example, you're training three days per week. You're, you're strength training or you're doing some form of planned physical activity three days per week. Could you keep doing three days a week in one year's time? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, beautiful, awesome. You are on track. You have found a frequency of training which works for your current lifestyle and your work routine slash schedule. Fantastic, big tick. The same thing can be asked for your diet and nutrition. And again, there will be slight fluctuations, but if you are somebody who has weight loss goals and you think, oh, nothing's working, I've tried this diet, I've tried that diet, I tried keto, I tried the soup diet, I tried fasting, I've tried you know, not having six sugars in my coffee. Nothing seems to work. So what I'm going to do is go on a 1200 calorie diet for the rest of my life. If that's the approach you have, it's likely, it's likely going to be unsustainable for you. 1200 calories is not a lot. And you're gonna be hungry a lot of the fucking time. And people are gonna ask you if you want a cookie or a cake, or if you want to go out for a meal. You know, and I don't know about you, but going out for a meal is one of my favorite things to do. I enjoy it thoroughly. <laughs> but what I'm getting at here is if you can't keep doing what you're doing, training-wise, nutrition-wise, if you can't do what you're doing right now and keep implementing the changes that you have made in one year's time, you need to adjust your efforts and or your goals until the answer becomes a yes. So let's say in the past you've tried training four days a week and it's a bit of a push, it's a bit of a stretch. But with a little bit of tinkering of your schedule and your routine, you can make it stick. Four would probably be the top end. I wouldn't ask you to do more than four. At four, that's your max, cool. We're not doing any more than four. Because if you do five, there are gonna be days where there's gonna be a cross against your name. Did you do your training? No. And then, you know, that's where it's a slippery slope. We miss one day, then we miss another day, and then we miss another day, and then we start losing the motivation or the enthusiasm for training because we've got no momentum. So that's, again, why less is more. But what I'm saying here is you don't have to stay on the exact same routine. Your training should change and it should evolve and it should progress as you do. Your training will be, your training isn't going to be the same right now as it is in 12 months. But what I'm looking at is, can you maintain the same or very similar routine and habits in 12 months time? Because your training, it will change. You will improve. The more consistent you are, the more progress you will make. And the more consistent you are with your training, the easier it is to maintain the results you've got. So let's say, for example, 
you have goals to get under 100 kilos. Let's say you have a weight loss goal. If your goal is to get under 100 kilos and you've never done it before, it's going to be a challenge to get you there. But once you get under there and you understand the actions that helped you lose that weight and get into double digits, the longer you stay under 100 kilos, the easier it is to maintain it. So if you make a drastic change to your eating and your nutrition and your diet, so let's say you do try that 1200 calorie uh, method to lose a bunch of weight. You go from 100, 110 kilos down to 98, but you had to really fucking work for it. You went to 1200 calories, you hated life, you wanted to eat, you wanted to binge, but you stuck with it, you pushed through for say six weeks and you lost all of that weight, went from 110 down to 98. What do you do next? <laughs> like seriously, you've gone up from however many calories, all of the calories to 1200. If you go back to any semblance of normal eating, you're now going to go back above that 100 kilo mark. And that's where people get disheartened and they start getting frustrated. Oh, I went from 98 and now I'm, now I'm gaining weight again. Well, of course you're gonna gain weight if you're on 1200 calories. 1200 calories is on, you know, the very low level of calorie intake. But if you gradually implement changes in alcohol consumption, improving your training frequency and consistency, using progressive overload, which will also help you burn more calories every single time that you train because you're working just a little bit harder. If you do that consistently over say three, six, 12 months, the weight will gradually come off and you'll know exactly how you got it off. So when you do break that 100 kilogram marker, so it might be 99.7, you know, one week you weigh and it's 99.7, you're like, fuck yeah, I did it. You don't have to drastically change anything to keep it there. You've already made the changes over the previous three, six, 12 months. So your goal then becomes, just keep doing what you're doing. Nothing needs to change. You don't have to go crazy and you know celebrate and go and pig out because that'll bump it back up. Your goal is very simple. Not easy, simple. Keep doing what you've been doing. You haven't made any drastic or radical changes. It's been small, it's been consistent, and it's been a commitment to the goal that has helped you get there. Temporary routines equal temporary results. Permanent routines equals permanent results. So that's what I want you guys to start to think about with your training, with your eating, with your mindset. You might have one day where you're an absolute killer. You write 10 things that you wanna do and you accomplish all 10. And then the next day you, you accomplish fuck all. It's a temporary routine. You did one day, you smashed it out of the park. But because the change has been so drastic, it's not repeatable. And that is one of the biggest things that lets people down. Unrealistic expectations. So, some action steps for you listening. Identify how many days a week you can train, not how many you want to. With your current routine, with your current lifestyle, with your current profession, career, job, 
commitments. How many days can you train per week? What, if any, changes will you make to your diet? Again, small changes on a consistent basis are what yield the most consistent and long-term results. If you wanna lose a bunch of weight and have it come back, go on a 1200 calorie diet. It'll work, and then once you get sick and tired of it and it becomes unsustainable, it'll stop working. What are your non-negotiables? What are you prepared to do to achieve your goals? And what are you not prepared to do? It's just being brutally honest with yourself. If you're not prepared to get up at 5.15 and go do cardio, don't tell yourself you're gonna get up at 5.15 and go do cardio. Maybe it means doing a 30 minute walk or a 10 minute walk at lunch. Pick something that you know, under 98% of the time, you are going to complete because there's always gonna be that 2% of time where things change or go off script. And you've just gotta manage that to the best of your ability. But we're looking at the macro level. The 50 to 52 weeks of the year. What can you do? What will you do? What will you commit to? So that's what I've got for you guys today is start to think long-term. If you want results that last a lifetime, you're going to have to prepare to train for a lifetime. And it doesn't always mean balls to the wall. It doesn't always mean, you know, smashing yourself into the ground. It just means being consistent with your efforts every week, every month, across the year. And if you're not prepared for that commitment, then you know maybe the results that we're talking about aren't for you. Maybe your level of commitment is just too low and you actually don't warrant the results that we're talking about. But I hope as a listener of The Wake Up Call and having listened to me talk and communicate and give you some information and educate you on the matter, hope that you will start to think deeply about your goals and your level of commitment to them. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, a lot of people don't take the time to actually go into the depth about longevity and training for long-term results. Everybody wants things here and now. They want the instant, the instant fix, you know, the fad, the give it to me here, give it to me now, I want it now, 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 now. But sustainable results don't work like that, guys. And hopefully by listening to this information, you now know that. Um, I hope that helps. I hope it makes a lot of sense. I hope it's given you some food for thought. And if it has, if something has resonated with you, has hit home or slapped you in the face and thought, oh, fuck, I really need to change you know, what I'm thinking or what I'm doing, please, Pay the fee, and the fee is this. If you got value out of this podcast, if you got some benefit or something helped you or there was an aha moment, please share this forward to a friend. Copy the link, send it to them on Facebook, on Instagram, send it through email, and help me spread the word and the messages within this podcast. I really appreciate it, guys. I appreciate you listening, and I will be bringing you another podcast this week a little bit quicker than this one came out. So thanks for continuing to listen, guys. I do appreciate it, and I really am grateful for the regular listenership of the Wake Up Call. So until next time, guys, have a great day or evening, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye for now. If you loved the Wake Up Call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. 
Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.